Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, lovely ladies. I'm here again today, and Jessica is back with me. So I know you're going to enjoy uh, listening to her again today. Remember, Jessica has an Instagram called beautiful underscore motherhood. And I know you will love going to that. Now, Jessica, last session we were talking about some of the things that your children have learned to do and how at a young age they've been learning to build uh, whatever they want to build and make for themselves. And um, what about some other things? What can your children cook? Are they any good at cooking? Have you ever taught them that? Yes. So they know how to cook. They know how to bake. They can make bread. They can. They do it all by themselves. You can say, okay, just want you to make the bread. Well, we use the same principles as in any other area when we teach them. So first, they do it with me, literally for years, you know. Yeah. They would just, every time when I make it, like, they would come and I would invite them to knead yeah, the so dough. you don't just do anything on your own while the children are doing something else. You'll say, come on, children, we're making bread. Let's do it together. So they learn. Is that how you do it? Yes. And they are excited. Like it's yeah. not that it's something like, oh, no, not again. No. Yeah. <laughs> they, they look forward to help. They yeah. actually feel important. Mm. Mommy is inviting me like I can do something. Mm. And then um, as they get older, I will ask them to do things by themselves. You know, first little things, maybe just to mix a cookie dough. And um, then later on, a bread recipe, which I find is too pretty easy. <laughs> and... Um, so what kind of bread do you make in your home? We make whole grain bread. Sometimes we use sprouted wheat. Sometimes we use um, spelt flour. They know how to grind the flour um, from uh, grains that we buy. Mm. And then they know how to make it rise and both the yeast and the baking powder or how to use um, sourdough. So we make a variety of breads. Mm. Yes. Well, that's great. And um, so, and uh, what about cooking a meal? Have they got to that stage yet? Yes. So I actually, over the years, collected all our favorite recipes. And then I made beautiful recipe books, one for just um, foods and then another one for sweets, um, um, sugar-free sweets that we like to make. Mm -hmm. And then I have um, the picture there of our food, the one that we cooked together. Yeah. And it's, it's a collection, both of the recipes and our memories, too. And I put little colorful designs on the pages. So they each have access to the book. And as they grow older, they will have each a copy of it. So, you know, I teach them how to make it. And then they have the recipes in hand that they can look up what ingredients they might maybe not remember or how to make something. Yes. So have you ever been able to say, okay, I want um, maybe Samuel and Priscilla, can you make the meal tonight? Would they be able to do that? Yes. Priscilla, she has made for many Friday dinners, she's made um, lentil, um, lentil dal soup that we all really enjoy. And there's a variety of other recipes too that they know how to make, salads and... 
Yes, and she's only just turned 10, isn't she? Yes, so that's so great. And let me see, what else, I wonder, do you do in your home? Oh, can you think of some other things that you've taught your children? Um, What about, um, you know, certain things that you like to make? Tell us about them. Yeah, so there was a phase where I was into making cheese and I would just take them along. I actually went to a farm and somebody taught me how to make it and took like all day and the kids would pop in and out. It was too much for them. But then when we had the molds at home and um, I got to work in the kitchen, they came along and we made cheeses together. We made soap together and then um, completely from scratch, like I literally got tallow from a butcher and made everything from scratch. And um, they weren't there the whole entire process, but through many times throughout the process. And they liked, especially when the soap was done and then we got to remill it and add like um, lavender or other herbs, you know, and then they could actually stir it and melt them and combine the ingredients and pour them into molds. And then they like to use it. I guess they think it's so cool when they've made it themselves. Yeah, and they are proud of it too. There's this sense of achievement. I've accomplished Mm -hmm. something. We have made our own soap, Mm -hmm. you know, or I've cooked this meal. Oh, yes, that's so great. And what about sewing? Yeah, so we, well, I am a practical sewer. I don't yet have time for, you know, just sewing things for beauty. So (laughs) whatever practical... um, project I have one of the things is that we make our own pillows and um, we fill them with buckwheat hulls and then once a year we use a pillow cases but um, still once a year I try to refill them and it's literally just sewing a square with our serger and um, they shouldn't know how to sew um, straight lines so they can help with that Um, we also made for outdoors we wanted to Um, We lived in rent, so we wanted to um, have a container garden and I had lots of outdoor fabric and we sewed that into bags and then filled it with dirt for portable containers to plant some of our garden in. So they helped to sew the bags. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so great. Oh, that is just so wonderful. Um, I just love the way that you make um, education be life skills. And um, and so I think, you know, you like to, you have your own passions too, don't you? Yes, I'm passionate about um, just living more regenerative. There's many, well, I'm a person of many passions, I guess. <laughs> There's many things I'm interested in. And this is one thing too I wanted to share here because like a couple of years ago, that was a real revelation to me. Up until then, I had thought that it was a little bit like me pouring in from my bucket into my children. And in some way also uh, giving up and putting myself on hold in all what I was really interested and doing it all just, doing life all just for the children and putting them into the center. But then... I read something and it kind of totally just shifted my par- the paradigm in that area for me that I read about, you know, how you can just lead your children and inspire your children when you yourself 
are doing something like when you are passionate about learning new things and you are like I like to write and I put that aside for a long long time because I said well I don't have a lot of time for it but then when I started doing little things in writing then my student too my daughter she started wanting to write too or just sit next to me and write too you see it's inspiring when yeah. they see you do something and I started realizing that I can best inspire my children when I pursue things in my own life too. So when when I'm excited to read books about things I want to learn, then they, you know, they don't have to learn everything that I'm learning, but they see me learning. Mm. So, and that's inspiring. And they want to learn too. Yes. Yes, so they want to get a book to find out what they're interested in. Yes, because like to them, it's I model that when I want to find something out or when I want to become some something, then this is the way how you do it. You know, yes. then you go ahead and you learn. You either watch videos or I take a course or I read books or I meet with somebody, invite somebody into our home to share with us or to show us things. So to them, it's like creating this pathway in their mind. This is how learning looks like. You know, and this is how we switched from just me trying to fill their buckets for the moment and get them through learning all these academics, you know, yeah. and and then having fun the rest of the day to really making it a focus of um, inspiring the desire to be a lifelong learner. Yes, that's what it's all about. Education is is uh, preparing them for life and giving them an excitement about learning. I think we have to get rid of that concept that our children go to school for a certain a number of years because that's not how it's meant to be. It's just meant to be that we learn um, life and we keep learning and that we're going to be learning every day of our lives and I know many of you homeschoolers I think you learn so much as you're homeschooling your children in fact what we impart to others is really what we keep and uh, so we are imparting to the children and then we need to encourage them to pass on their skills too because the more they pass on, the more they are going to keep and, and that's a little blessing circle. But um, yes, and I think if we uh, teach our children this way and we're not just thinking, oh, they just have to um, just, you know, do these certain books and they've got to get through these particular lessons. And so many times it can be so boring to them. Of course, there's certain things that they have to, must have a basic knowledge in and they must know and we have to uh, encourage that discipline of them to know those things. But we also need to give them that opportunity of uh, learning while they're doing and learning while they're going and learning while they're sitting talking to us and, and just learning for life. A, a great idea is when you're having supper time in the evening and you're all around the table together and uh, you love to have family conversation. I think that's a very important thing that we do remember that when we have a meal, when we have supper with our children, it's not 
only to just feed them some food for their hungry tummies. At the table, we don't only feed our children physically, but we feed their soul and their spirit. And uh, as we, we feed their soul, as we have that communication together, we talk with one another. And, and to do that, we need to be purposeful. Because otherwise, I find that sometimes if you don't, you're not purposeful, the conversation doesn't go anywhere and you talk about nothing. And so sometimes you have to ask a question. Other times you bring a subject to the table and say, children, what do you think about this? And get them to talk about this subject, which could be something from the Bible or political or spiritual or geographical about some country or whatever or just some interesting thing. But here's a good little question for homeschoolers. You could say to your children and do it every now and then. Now, children, I want every one of you to tell me something new that you have learned today. So we go round the table and each child has a turn, plus mummy and daddy, because they want to hear from us too and we can't be excused. And so we each have to tell something new that we have learned. Because I'm a great believer and learning something new every day. What about you, Jessica? Yes, very much. I think that's a great goal to have, to learn something new every day. Not to get through your lessons, because you can get children can go through their lessons and they haven't remembered one thing. So we get around the table. Okay, children. And each one has a turn. Now, if each of your children cannot tell you something new that they have learned, well, it might be a good idea to change your way of teaching. You see, we're better to just learn one new thing than just try and have a whole lot of lessons. It's, it's that just learning something that becomes part of you. And that's real education. And when they can share about it, um, and then it will become even more part of them as they share about it and communicate it. And so maybe you could just integrate that um, just into your whole vision for your educating of your children and, and for yourself. Let's as a family, myself and each of the children, just, just seeking to learn just one new thing every day, even if it's one new word. Maybe it's sometimes it will be a practical thing. Other times... It may be just some little little snippet of knowledge or even a new word to teach uh, your children in their vocabulary because that's another thing. We don't want our children uh, to become dumbed down. Uh, we want them to be advancing also in their vocabulary. Uh, what do you think about that, Jessica? Yes, I agree. So we actually also have a daily time where we discuss, we um, try to have family meals. Well, we and our family try to have family meals three times a Amen. day. Three so times. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, yes. in the morning and evening, most of the time in the morning, my husband is there too. And then he shares from the scripture and we discuss, discuss not in the sense of questioning, 
you know, like not in a negative sense, mm. but discuss in what is God speaking yes. to us? Sometimes we look up the specific yes. um, words, you know, and we find that it's really guiding our conversation. We also have book discussions where yes. we read together yes. um, as a family. We read a classic together and then we talk about it. And it's a great way to guide conversation at home yes. and to reinstill and just reaffirm values that we live we can talk about oh what do you think about you know how they handled this situation you know would you have liked to be with this grandfather or you know like all kinds of things can come up through those yeah. conversations and you know we get to really i think live the lives of others or see through the eyes of others and learn so many lessons by doing this oh Yes, that's, that's so true. And um, often I will say, you know, well, of course, my children have all grown and I would do this from time to time uh, when they were growing up, not all the time. But even now, when I have a few young people living in our home, um, I will say, all right, this evening, I want you to bring a poem to the table to read. Um Maybe sometimes it would be everyone have a turn. Other times, just I would ask one particular person, bring a poem to read at the table tonight. And they can read it, say why they chose it and like it. And we can all discuss it. And you can think of, you know, lots of little things you can do. Maybe even a book they're reading. Ask them, you know, okay, um, Johnny, tonight, you know, that book you're reading, I want you to find one paragraph in that book that you really like and read it to us tonight at the table. Then you can all talk about it. And you can think of loads of things like that to do, uh, too, which can even spice up your meal tables um, and make them more exciting, too. Do you have any different things you do at meal tables? Of course, apart from your family devotions and the Word of God, because that's when we get to the end of our meal and feed the spirit of our children, which is the most important part. But, you know, communication and conversation is very important. And uh, there are so many fun things we can do to just spice that up. Have you done anything like that? Well, one thing I like to do, and it's not so much about talking, it's more about presenting. Yeah. Like in Germany, we have the saying, your eye eats with you. So I make it a thing to make every time, you know, our family table to make it beautiful. And, yes. you know, I'm not, I'm not so much of a tablecloth person, but we, <laughs> d we do a tablecloth. We try to do it in the evening, yes. but still we decorate our table. I yes. put like fresh fruits, even just for yes. decoration in between our foods. And, yes. you know, sometimes the kids bring flowers or leaves and, you know, mm. they get excited about yes. us spending their time together. And we all make it in a way that we can stay together for the, for the entire meal. So, yes. you know, it's like our family time together. It's not just to grab food. It's, right. you know, to be together. Yes, and I think if you think of these little extra things, that helps them to want to stay and talk about them. And um, I, I think it's great when the children themselves are actually decorating the table and we can get them to have turns, you know. Okay, it's their turn for tonight, or maybe they have a week where it's their turn. They can 
can think of all the most creative things that they want to bring each night. They can bring something different to the table um, to decorate it or to put on it as something. Okay, I want us to talk about that tonight. And uh, so let's be creative and uh, always just think about new things that we can do. Um, I, I think that's a great fun thing to do for the table. And um, getting back to little ones, because you've got all ages, you've got 12, 10, 6 and 3, little uh, Miriam, she's just little. And uh, I think at that age, they love to play. And to me, play is a very important thing for children. I used to love to give my children opportunity for to play creatively and uh, just to enjoy playing. They didn't, um, not so much with toys, because I think toys are so boring. I mean, what do you do with your toy? You have to just sort of, you know, just play with them, then you're sick of it after a few minutes. But to actually, I used to love to watch my children. They would actually, uh, they would be so intense. I can remember when um, Serene was a little girl and sometimes she'd have a friend over and they would rearrange my whole lounge and dining room and they would get all the chairs and line them up because it was going to be a train and um, they had all these things that they were doing or maybe they would be making a castle and I always kept um, two things I always kept in my home. One was a dress-up box. I still have my dress-up box because the children love to dress up. And, uh, of course, the girls, they love to dress up as princesses. And I didn't always have beautiful princess dresses for them, but I just had curtains and old sheets and material and curtains. And they, oh, goodness me, they could just make themselves look amazing and, and creative. But, you know, the girls were still a princess or a queen, but they'd dress up like that. And I'd have another place where they'd have old sheets and eiderdowns where they could use and get out to make huts and castles. And, uh, of course, they'd have to get all my furniture and chairs around to fix them. And, and sometimes they'd play for a whole morning and getting ready to make it for something special. But by the time they had finished creating, they were so worn out I give them lunch and they go to bed to sleep. And but they'd been so busy working on this thing that it was play, but it was really it was intense work. What do you think about play? Yeah, well, I'm fascinated sometimes when I watch my children and they spend forever making this great fort. Yeah. And then by the they time it's done, they don't play in it. They are done. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They don't actually ever play in it. Yeah. But the whole. Work, well, actually, it was work, but play is meant to be work and work is meant to be play. A and it was all getting it, making it, wasn't it? That's what my children would do. They'd be worn out by when they'd finished and never actually play in the thing or ever play in the, in the special hut they made. But, oh, they'd spent hours preparing it. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I was a young mother, we used to buy a lot of toys and all kind of, you know, stuffed things. <laughs> And um, because we wanted, you know, after three miscarriages, our first child, we wanted the best of the best mm. for our child. And, you know, but the truth is he never really played with any. No. <laughs> what he played with, 
he would take down had bought a little plastic table and he would remove the legs and stick them together and make a little pretend like a leaf blower he would go around and put a hoover pipe on it and then pretend he was going to blow the leaves you know in the neighborhood you know over the years we just really downsized on toys and mm -hmm. our children have never really missed anything like sometimes i'm scared to say that we don't really use toys yeah. because it seems weird in our society today because there's so many for sale but the things my children enjoy to play with most is sticks yes. blankets yes. balls yes. and anything they can make themselves Absolutely. you know and when they are little they love to just have my pots and bowls from the kitchen mm. and then when i put some little rice in there or some little flour or even sand and maybe water mm. depends on how ready i'm for the for on that day for mess you yeah. know um just to put it there and give them some mixing spoons oh they can spend hours to just fill it from pot to pot to pot yeah, and stir yeah. it and pretend to cook it and serve it into little bowls oh yes and cardboard boxes and things like that they, they can it's amazing what they can make with these things it, they are very creative if we give them the opportunity to isn't it I've got a few quotes about play here. Play is our brain's favorite way of learning. The opposite to play is not work. It's depression. <laughs> because that is so true, I believe. I, I find if you, if you, you can be working so hard, um, but if you love what you're doing, it's like play, isn't it? And that's what life is meant to be like. We're meant to, um, as we work, it's just such fun that we're really playing. In fact, I, I think that we should even see our motherhood like this. Not, oh, it's hard work. And I just can't believe the attitudes that many mothers have. They, it, it, they always seem to have this very negative thing. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed and so hard work. And, oh, I believe we've just got to change our attitude. Look, see, motherhood is fun. You have children around you who, who love uh, to have fun. They want life to be fun. They, they love to play. Well, well, just, you know, and also they, as they see you when you are Whatever you're doing, even the dishes, even the, the work, the cleaning around the house, see it as play. You know, you can make work into play. Um, it all depends on your attitude. And um, work can become play and play can become work. Another quote says, you've achieved success in your field when you don't know whether what you're doing is work or play. I love that one. And children come into the world exquisitely designed and strongly motivated to educate themselves. Coercion undermines their natural desire to learn. Oh, that is so true. Our children do love to learn and they love to learn what they're interested in. If it's something that is just not related to them, it's, it's often hard to get them really motivated. But they will be motivated to, to do anything that they're interested in. And um, 
that's exciting. And, and as we let them do that, we begin to see where their bent is and where their giftings are. And, and each one will be so different. And uh, let me see, what else have I got here? We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. That's a famous one, isn't it? But um, yes, this is what you were saying, Jessica. Children don't need more toys. They need more adventures. Yes. I know you love to take your children on, on adventures, don't you? Yes. So I'm an adventurer myself. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't always like that. Or I should say, I didn't always allow myself to be an adventurer, even as a mother. You know, in my early years... I thought that I had to fit into a certain mold of mother and um, like my house had to look a certain way and I had to do certain things and you know like I felt like there were all these outside expectations but really they were just in my mind. There was really nobody who came and said well you should have a different set of dishes or your house should be looking like this or that. It was just things that I'd put onto myself and sometimes we end up comparing ourselves so much to others that we lose our own selves. And it's so important to discover or to rediscover who we are, what makes us play. You know, for me, doing projects is play. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe art is play or maybe yeah. music is play. You know, we don't all look the same. And so our motherhood and our homeschooling too will not look the same. Yes. Oh, Jessica, you've hit on something that is so true. Dear precious ladies, you don't have to mother like everyone else. You mother according to who you are and who God created you to be. And that's how you will mother the best. I look at my own daughters. Many of you have got to know them through Above Rubies and, of course, through Trim Healthy Mama. But I look at the way Evangeline, the way Pearl, the way Serene have mothered their children through the years. And each one of them, they mother differently from each other. I mean, those three girls are the greatest, closest friends that you could, they're not just sisters, they're friends. Um, and But they are all so different and they all mother so differently. They all run their homes so differently. And each one of us are different. There's things that I do you not know, have to give you a little confession here. I actually don't like playing board games. They bore me to tears. I'd rather be doing something constructive. Oh, and yet so many people just love them. And that's so great. And they have wonderful times with their families playing board games. So if you love that, you just make it a wonderful thing with your family. I just had to do that out of kind of, well, you have to do it, but I didn't like it. But there were other things that I loved doing. So I would love doing them with my family. And the things that you love doing are going to be more fun that you do with your family because you love doing them. So you're going to put more passion into them. Isn't it true? Yeah. And um, I think one lesson that... Um, was very important for me to learn too is to move away from motherhood obligation to motherhood passion That's a good and one. you know it's a choice it's a choice it's a choice 
for us to embrace motherhood. You know, and it took me a while to realize that, you know, I'm not giving anything up to be a mom. No. Like I'm not missing out on anything. No. But actually I'm set free to spend that time to have the greatest impact on the life that's being entrusted to me during that season, but also to go through a phase of becoming. Because I think children, um, the best way to disciple children is childhood, you know, and then spend within the setting of the family. But the best way for us to be discipled as parents, as adults, is really parenthood, mother and fatherhood. Because mm. that is where we see what what is really important you know in life areas we need to grow into you know the importance of surrender to god you know and discovering who we really are and what we stand for what we enjoy doing what what are our gifts to the world mm. and then to learn to lift them and to grow into them mm. yeah yes so lovely. Thank you, Jessica, for all these beautiful things you've shared with us. And, um, you know, we've been talking about just life learning and how wonderful it is. And, of course, in, in, in all our life learning, we're, we're going to be bringing God into it all because he's part of every part of life. He's part of play. He's part of nature. He's part of every little thing they learn, everything that we want to teach them at all. Um, you know, God is in it. And so he will be preeminent in everything we're teaching them. And of course, underlying all these wonderful things and projects and life learning we're going to teach our children is that we will also um, making sure that we are diligently and richly filling them with God's word. And that also doesn't happen in great big lessons. No, even God's word, he wants us to do it Little by little. That's why he says, I want you to teach my words diligently to your children when you rise up, when you're sitting down and talking together, when you're riding in the car, when you're lying down, whatever you're doing. It's just part of life. And uh, so we've got to get the word into us so that... Um, we've got it there to be able to teach to our children at any moment. And I love these words in Isaiah 28, where it says, verses 9 to 12, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts, for precept must be upon precept, Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That's a beautiful concept. You see, God is showing us here the greatest way to learn is just here a little, there a little. Precept upon precept, just a little precept, but then another one on top of it and another one on top of it. and It's all going in, but it's just little by little. And then it goes on to say, this is the rest and this is the refreshing. 
this is the way to teach our children that is restful and refreshing. And that's how he wants it to be. He wants it to be a refreshing thing for us, a refreshing thing for our children. And so he shows us the way to do it. Little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept. So you don't have to get bogged down and think, I have to get through all every one of these lessons today. No, live life and teach at the same time. Any last little thing to add, Jessica, as we close? Yes, well, I learn as much every day, both through the scripture and also through just the life we live and the lessons we go through as my children do. So we learn alongside each other. Yes. It's not that I know it all and no. they learn, but even when we go through the Bible, I learn as yes. much as they do. Yes. And that really is what makes learning fun and yes. family life together like this fun. Amen. Oh, thank you, Father, uh, for the way you show us how to uh, nurture our children and raise our children. We thank you that it is such a beautiful thing to enjoy them, to live life with them, to do things together with them. Oh, God, I pray that, uh, Lord, the precious mothers who feel very just bogged down with all the responsibility, that you will lift them up and uh, you will just give them a vision of how to enjoy their children. And uh, Lord, just as you uh, do, it, you, it tells us in your word how you rejoice over us with singing and you delight in us. Lord, help us to uh, just rejoice over our children, to delight in them and to enjoy just teaching them and living life with them and that it will become our rest and become our refreshing. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. In 